the need for righteousness. Let me say this. And let me pray first. <laughs> Father, I just want to thank you. Holy Spirit, I want to thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For your spirit of freedom. And we feel that freedom here this morning. Speak to our hearts, O oh God. In Jesus' name. Amen. You know, man is a needy being. We're always needy. We always need something to make life better for us. Sometimes we're needing something to make life a little tolerable for us. How many have been there? I've been there many times. Just one thing. We are just needy people. We have need. Sometimes we have need for a place to live. Just, or maybe you want to buy a house, somewhere to live. At times, it's a relationship, a broken relationship that is so painful, and you don't know what to do to fix that relationship, and your mind is focused on it. Sometimes it's, you're sick. You need to get well. The doctors are telling you things that you don't want to hear, and it's so painful. Everybody in the family is worried. We need God. We need help. We need this need met. And other times, there's simple need. All we need is, I need a car so that I can go. I need a better car. We are besieged with need. And you meet one need, even while you're meeting that need, there are about four in line waiting to be met. <laughs> and you're wondering, how can we handle this? I don't know, but God made it this way. God allowed it this way, so we don't forget him. I read a scripture in, uh, in uh, the Acts of the Apostle. Paul was saying to the people who had this thing, to the unknown God, Remember that? Acts is to the unknown God. It says God puts us in different locations. And his reason is paraventure we will begin to feel after him. We'll begin to desire to know him. And that's the reason he put us out there where we are by, by ourselves so that we begin to feel like men in the dark, feeling to, to find him. And anywhere you go in the world, no matter how deep in the jungle, they're calling out to some God that they don't know in their spirit because they have difficulties, problems, and they know only this God can help us. But the greatest need that a man needs in life, that's what I want to address this morning. Our greatest, our number one need in life is the need for righteousness. What that means is a right standing with God. The ability to be able to be in the very presence of God and not be looking for a way to get out of his presence. That's a need all over the world. And I'm going to tell you why this need is important this morning before we start talking about it. It's so important. Christianity is based on this one need. If you don't understand righteousness, you don't understand Christianity. And it's going to be a very difficult walk for you as a Christian. You ought to have this down. You have to have this as your foundation as a Christian. If this foundation is broken in your life, you will continue to wonder and you can really not find God the way you really should. That's why I want to go to this message. It's so important. There are a lot of messages today going out, preaching and all of that. But this is so crucial. The reason why Jesus came 
I know we believe Jesus came to die for our sins. That's true. But I'm telling you, the reason he came, the primary reason is to restore righteousness, to give to us that right standing with God. That's the number one thing. If you don't understand the message of salvation, the message of righteousness, you can go to any church you want to go to, be under the greatest teacher. But if you don't get this down, you may never make it to heaven. So important. That's why Jesus came. That's why he died. And we really need to know what this is all about. In the days of Job, in Job chapter 25, verse 4, verse 4, they were asking then, how then can a man be righteous before God? It was a quest, a legitimate quest, a desired quest to be righteous before God. How then can a man be righteous before God? Or how can a man be pure who is born of a woman? That was their test. If you're born in sin, and this is a problem. But I need a right standing with God. I need that. And that's what their question. And this is one chapter. If you go to chapter 4 in Job, they were asking the same question. How can a man be righteous or have a right standing before God? How can a man stand in the presence of God and not feel condemned? Not feel like you need to hide? That's what they were asking for. We are all born of a woman. But how do I find that place in God? It's so important. We need to talk about this. You know, Paul was very concerned. He didn't want us to be deceived. And so he shared in his message to the believers so that we do not allow the deceiver to get to us. And if the deceiver, that's the, the devil. A lot of people think there is no devil anymore. <laughs> he died and he's gone to hell. Believe me, he's still around and he's still the deceiver. He's still deceiving people today. He's still telling people there is no God. God doesn't exist. Recently, I saw an article and it hurt my heart for America. I was saying, God, what is going on? Atheists had a mega church in California. It was a Sunday morning. All the atheists around came to have service. And the place was packed. Hundreds of people rejoicing in a godless service. And they were giving offerings to a godless service. I couldn't understand that. Hundreds of people. I saw their pictures. The deceiver is still around. He's still lying to people. I wonder what those people will feel after they die and they find out that they're still alive. And they're going to say, no God, no God, what's going on? I thought there was no God. Well, it's too late then. This is the time to know there is a God. I know without a doubt there is a God. The deceiver is still out there. And so Paul doesn't want us to be deceived. He wants us to be established in the truth. For we will know the truth. And the truth will set us free. So Paul tells us in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 14, he says that we should no longer be children. Tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. All kinds of news coming from everywhere to deceive our minds. 
So we don't pursue after God and then pursue after righteousness. Every other thing is important to us except what is really important. A right standing with God. We should not be tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. But by the trickery of men in cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. In other words, you think there are no people like that in the world today? There are. There are people out there deceiving people and being deceived themselves. And lying to people about the truth. About God. And they have congregations. And they're lying to them. If you follow the blind, most of you will fall into a ditch. But people are following the blind. The guy is blind, and those following him, they are also blind. The blind man is saying, I'll lead you. (laughs) He can't see. Both of them are going to fall into a ditch. So Paul says, I don't want you to be tossed to and fro. I want you to be established in the truth. And this is one truth you need to be established in. The truth about righteousness. Right standing with God. And by the time the service is over today, I believe everyone will understand and know that you have a right standing with God because there are a lot of benefits to this. A lot of benefits. So the first thing is we don't want the devil to deceive us. Secondly, righteousness is the only solid foundation for life on the earth. That's the only solid foundation for life on the earth. That's the number one quest for man, for mankind. That's what everyone should be going after. And that's what Jesus told us in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and, notice it's not its righteousness, the kingdom's righteousness. No, his righteousness. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added to you. Regardless of what need you have in your life. Emotional need, relationship need, financial need, a place to stay. Jesus is saying, you don't need any of those. What you really need is the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That's your need. Basically saying, this is the foundation for all needs to be met. He says, if you have the kingdom of God and you have his righteousness, no matter what you need in life, Every single need that you have, all these things that the Gentiles are seeking for, for peace, a wonderful family, all bills paid, a a great, great kids doing well, no sickness, much in the home. Jesus said, if you have these two things in your life, all your needs are going to be met. So your number one need is the need for righteousness. That's why Jesus came to the earth. You cannot be without this need met in your life. 
Once you got this need, this foundation met in your life, you now have the platform for success in life. We need this in this life. The righteousness of God is so important. It's so important. Let me illustrate this with the life of Adam. Because he was our number one man, right? The very first man. When Adam had right standing with God, was he aware of any need? Absolutely not. Adam had no need. But thank God we have the second Adam. Notice Adam's sin, just one sin, destroyed everything for us. You can't be as good anymore. You still suffer from want because Adam did what he did. Before he sinned, he had none, no need. He wasn't even aware of any need in his life. God had to tell him, you need a woman. <laughs> he, had, he was not conscious of any need. There was no need in his life. Why? He had right standing with God. Right relationship with God. He needed nothing. When you have that relationship with God, you need nothing. Why? Because every need is born out of that foundation. God will meet every need. But you see, what the devil does, he's, he's sending us out, searching for how to meet this need going this way, instead of running to God so that the need will be met. He's distracting us, that's what he's doing, so that our needs will not be met. And so we keep, like the Jewish people, the Israelites, going round and round the wilderness, never entering the promised land. That's what the devil likes. He wants to do that to us. But today, we are putting a stop to that. Can I hear an amen? It's going to end today. Because God will begin to meet your needs. Because you will be sure that you have this great foundation in your life. Given to you. Amen. It was uh, number one in that with Adam. Notice what happened with Adam. Let's read in Genesis chapter 3. After this thing. In verse 7, it says, Then their eyes, the eyes of both of them were opened. <laughs> That's an interesting saying. Were their eyes closed before? Hello? Did they have their eyes closed because they are righteous? Some righteous people do that. They cannot. <laughs> hey. <laughs> their eyes were open. But the opening here again, in my mind, Open into another world that they were never in, into before. A world of need. Their eyes were opened. Now they can be aware. The beginning of need in life. And it never stops. You take care of one, two others show up. Does it never end? There's only one person that can help us with that. And that's God himself. And I need to have this thing in me so that every time I have a need, like Jesus said, all you need to do is ask him. And he's going to take care of that. That's what we need. Once you have this in your life, you can ask what you want, Jesus said. You ask what you will, and Jesus said it will be given to you. We got to get this down. Adam, their eyes were open, and they knew that they were naked. 
they were suddenly aware that they were naked. Naked in what form? Exposed. Exposed to a new reality. Something that they didn't know before. When you, no protection, that's what this means. Their protection had been taken away. Now they are exposed for Satan to do whatever he wants with their lives. All of a sudden, just because they lost their right standing with God, they became naked, exposed, no protection, anything goes. That's how important this is. The righteousness of God. They were naked. And, and many times, what we do when we are naked is <laughs> what they did. Look at what they did. They sewed fig leaves together and made themselves a covering. I mean, just a little wind would take all that stuff from them. Right? How smart that is, you put leaves together to cover yourself. That's not going to work. We know that. Just a little wind, and then you are back again trying to get leaves. You know what that says to us? You can't protect yourself. You don't have what it takes to protect yourself in this life. It takes righteousness from God for you to be able to be covered. Where you don't have a sense of nakedness that you are exposed, vulnerable, fearful, all of those things. Once righteousness is not there, you're exposed. You may try to help yourself. It won't work. And if it works for a while, it won't last. The leaves will decay after a while. And then you are exposed again. It's just not going to work. We can't really help ourselves. What we need is the righteousness of God. And it's got to be in Christ. We need that righteousness. They made themselves covering that will not last. Many people want to do that. It says in verse 8, And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. God was trying to have fellowship with them. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of God. You notice how what, what, this is just the beginning? When there is unrighteousness, there is no right standing, you can't stay in his presence. His presence was for their protection initially before this happened. His presence was something that they desired. They looked forward to the cool of the day. But now, even though God wills you the best, you can't stand to be in his presence because you are exposed. No righteousness. And that's what the men in the days of Job they were seeking after how is how are we going to get this thing so that we can be right before God and be in his presence and have no sense of need. God will take care of all of our, our needs. He says they hid themselves from the presence of God among the trees. Now notice something. Didn't they know the kind of God that they were dealing with? Can you hide from him? You know what, this, when righteousness leaves you, you're deceived. Your thinking is not right. They were deceived to think 
They can hide among trees from God. He made those trees. And he knows every one of them. So when there is no righteousness in your heart, you make wrong decisions that will affect you, affect your children, and affect everyone around you. So, but when you have the righteousness of God, it affects you, your family, your children, according to the word of God, even to the 10th generation after you're gone. I believe that word with all of my heart. God take care of you. God will take care of you. God will take care of you. You see, they were hiding themselves from God. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said, where are you? As if he didn't know God knew where they were. So he said, I heard your voice in the garden. And I was afraid. Because I was naked. And I hid myself. Notice why he was afraid. Why? He was naked exposed. We talked about that. He was exposed. Anything can happen. Even the good, he was afraid of God. Who is a good God? When you're naked, everything causes you dread. Only righteousness can restore this. And God was merciful to them. But you know, until that's restored in a man, you can't stand God's presence. You can't stand goodness coming your way. It's kind of quiet to hear this morning. <laughs> but it's the truth. It is the truth. We need God's righteousness. The third thing is, without the righteousness of God, you cannot enter heaven. You can't go into the kingdom of God. That's so important. These days, it seems like Christians have forgotten that there is a life after this life. And all we're concerned about is what's happening here today. That concerns me. There is heaven. Our life here is just a, a time of preparation for our real life, which is the life as a spirit. Because God created us in his image, and he created us spirit beings. And our flesh that he made to be a spirit type, a spiritual type of flesh, that's been destroyed by sin. You know, Jesus had flesh after he rose from the dead. That was a different kind of flesh. Walks through walls. That's what God wants to restore to us. You have a body. You will recognize this person. Just like Jesus did, he says when he comes back again, he'll bring us from the grave. And we'll have a new tabernacle, a new flesh. But it's not this natural flesh. This flesh that God's going to give to us, you walk through walls. And that day is going to come. We must never forget. This life is so short. You have to keep thinking about eternity. That's the most important life. This one, at the most 100 years, 120, before long is over. But if you don't have the righteousness of God, you are not going to live with God forever. That's very important. No one, even if he allows you in, you will not be willing to stay there. You won't be able to stand this presence. You want to hide just like Adam. You'll prefer the other place. We have such spiritual beings. I pray that God will give us understanding who we are in him. 
you cannot enter into heaven. Notice what the script Jesus said. In Matthew chapter 5 verse 20, he says, For I say to you that unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. What is he talking about? The kingdom of heaven, entering into the kingdom of heaven, is something for a man to desire. It's something that is highly desirable for a real human being. Notice how Jesus says his words here to us. He said, unless you have a righteousness that exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will in no way enter into heaven. That says to us, entering into heaven is something for every human being to highly desire. He's highly desirable. If you don't make it into heaven, your life was a waste. You destroyed your own life. But notice the requirements. Righteousness is also something to be desired. Because if you don't have righteousness, you're not going in there. You're not going in there. I have to have the righteousness that's acceptable by God, not the fig leaf to cover yourself. You're not going in there with fig leaf as a covering. It's not going to work. We need to have the righteousness of God. And once you are fully established in that, everything is different. You know, this is so important to me why I'm sharing this to you this morning. I became a Christian in 1975. Young people, you didn't hear that. <laughs> but for three years, I had no real understanding of what righteousness before God was. And I suffered. I'm telling you the truth. I suffered. For three years, I was as confused and miserable. In fact, I asked, I asked the minister... Some of you have been in Benin City. I asked the minister there who was, you know, well-known around. I, I said, how do you get to the place where you know for sure that, you know, I, I, I was already a Christian at that point, but I didn't understand righteousness. And so the enemy torment, tormented me. I had all kinds of oppressions. And maybe you ever had that, but I sleep at night and demons will oppress me. They come over my body. And I can't move, I can't move my leg, I can't, I try to say the name of Jesus, and it doesn't come out of my mouth. And, and it, I feel, and then all of a sudden, it just releases me, and then they go, oh, Jesus. And then I start wondering, why is the devil still doing this to me if I'm really saved? You understand what I'm saying? Why? You know why? I didn't understand righteousness. I didn't understand it. I had no real understanding of who I was in Christ. And so they were doing that to me. But one day, <laughs> I was sleeping. Now I had understood righteousness. But I didn't understand also that I could take care of this problem. Because the Bible says, seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things that they desire is going to be added to you. And one night they came, this force, this demon spirit came in 
I guess they were used to tormenting me because I acted silly every time they came. Uh, and that thing came over me. And when he left, I started crying out, Jesus, God the Father, God the Son, every one of you, please help me. And God said, yeah, you can laugh at me now. I'll be laughing at you also. But I was desperate and I was serious. And I was telling God, why is this still happening to me? Why? And God said, why are you crying to me that way? This little demon that tormented you is in the corner of your room laughing at you because you're acting so silly. And I thought, oh, what is this? So it's just a little demon that's been doing all this trouble, you know, causing me all this problem over these years. And I got an idea. Righteous idea. There was nobody around. I said, come back here, you devil. Stand right here in front of me. And I pointed my finger at him. If you saw me, you would thought this guy is insane because there was nobody in the room. But I said, you don't do that to me. I am the righteousness of God. I am a servant of God. You can't treat me this way. I'm telling you, this is the end of it. This thing had been happening for many years. Guess what happened? It stopped. I was free. I didn't need a preacher to lay his hands on me. Don't need no anointing oil poured on my head. All I needed was to use the righteousness that God has given to me. And I spoke those words from the mouth of righteousness. And the enemy, listen, all these things shall be added to you. Your prayers are answered. As you speak, God hears. And it transforms your life. You lose your fear. I got no fear of those spirits anymore. If one shows up in my room today, I'll say, oh, it's you. That's all. I'll, that would be my response. It's you. What, what do you want now? But I've told them, you don't touch this body. This uh, is the temple of the living God. You know, God lives inside of here. And you don't mess with this body, okay? And they listen. When you know, amen, when you know, they listen. They listen. So how can we be righteous before God? How can we be righteous before God? This is a major debate. I'm going to tell you how serious this matter was. And still is today. To bring the truth to mankind. To be free and to be righteous before God. Just bringing the truth has cost a lot of people their lives. It cost them their lives. How many remember Stephen? Stephen, the first one that died. You know why he died? Because he was trying to tell Paul and the others, that's not the way to righteousness. I'm going to show you the right way to obtain righteousness. Paul couldn't handle that. And he says, you got to die. In fact, they persecuted him because of that. And Stephen preached to them. He told them what Moses did and the law that was then with God does not work that way anymore. You can't have this. The righteousness of God, you can't work to get it. You cannot keep the law of God to get the righteousness of God. You are a sinner. Hello. 
we were all born in sin. You can't make yourself right. You were born this way. You can't keep any law to become righteous before God. And, and, and that's what Paul lived for. Paul studied under Gamaliel. He studied the law. And he knew that the, the Old Testament says if you keep the law, then you can maybe stand in God's presence. But even the high priest couldn't do that. He had to go with blood, right? Keeping the law. And then while going into the holy place, they still have to tie a rope on, on, his, on his leg or something so that if he falls in there and dies, they can bring him out. No one was sure. And so Stephen was telling, but their lives were built on, their lives were built on what they had been taught. And Philip was tell, Stephen was telling them, that's over. Many times we rely on what we just know. And we are not willing to open up so that God can open our eyes and show us more. We don't want more. And that was Paul's problem at that stage. He said, I, I've lived all my life. I've worked for this. I've worked, and now as a young man, I'm already a Pharisee in the group. I'm high up there, and you're telling me all of that's over? You're going to die, boy. You're going to die. He killed him because Stephen was telling them, this is the way. Your tabernacle don't work anymore, he said. The veil has been torn from top to bottom. That doesn't work anymore. And all of that, and he angered them. Many of the disciples died for this reason, to show people what righteousness is. And today, it's still a problem in the church. What is righteousness? Some people go this way and others go that way about what righteousness is. But we want to talk about the importance of righteousness. But before I go into this, this is one thing I want to share. Quote, if there is righteousness in the heart, there will be beauty in the character. If there is righteousness in the heart, there will be beauty in the character. That's what's happening in the church today. Many people believe and claiming that they have the righteousness of God and they are in church every Sunday. But what about the character? If you really understand the message of righteousness and you've imparted the message of righteousness and God delivered real righteousness, you have the righteousness that God's talking about, the righteousness that gets you into heaven. If you really have that in your heart, it will show up in your character. And possibly it's not your fault. You just haven't heard the truth. Amen? You just haven't heard the truth. Because once you hear the truth, you know what Jesus said. And you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. And so sometimes we're having a serious problem in the church. We have this guy, maybe it's a pastor, but he's mean. <laughs> and people are wondering, how can this be? We have to address some of these things. It's not that you'll become perfect, but when righteousness is in your heart and it's settled in your heart, it's at peace in your heart, your character will reflect it. This is the way Jesus says it. By their fruits, you shall know them. In other words, if the righteousness is there, I'm going to talk about how to receive the righteousness. 
But I need to address this first. So you know that really this thing is in my heart. Because when he comes into your heart, he'll transform you. I'm telling you, he'll transform you. It's so powerful, it will transform you. And if it's not transforming you, it's a clear indication that you probably don't have it yet. You don't have to work for it. You just need to know the truth. Amen? You don't have to work for it. You just need to know the truth. By their fruit, you shall know them. Jesus said, you don't gather apples from a grape plant, Jesus said. So what is the real thing? If it's there, we can see it. That's what's confusing in the church today. It's so confusing in the church today. And people doing all kinds of things, and, and, and you wonder, what's this? And he, I, I have to pray a lot about this. I don't know what's going on. You, there, there are no standards anymore. And nobody knows what's really going on. One preaching this way, another one preaching this way. And people, and many of the preachers are preaching the truth. It's just that people are not willing to hear it. They want to believe what they want to believe and act the way they want to act. And so they believe they have the righteousness. But if the righteousness is there in your heart, it, it will be seen. It will be seen. Even in all of my struggle, after Jesus delivered his righteousness into my heart, there was a major transformation. My whole family saw it. I couldn't understand myself. How those things just dropped. I, I didn't work at it. They just, I didn't want them anymore because they were all gone. So it's so important that we know that. But having said that, I quit. Because <laughs> we don't have too much time. But let me say this. Righteousness is a gift. This thing that will get you to heaven is a gift from God. Righteousness is a gift. Let me read the scripture so it will just be me speaking. Because many times we're giving our opinion. But I want your faith to rest on what the scriptures say. So that you can receive faith and receive it into your heart. This is it. Let me read from uh, Romans chapter 5 verse 17. For if by one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. Notice two things they received, right? Two things. I didn't say five, right? <laughs> two, <laughs> two things they received. Abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. Righteousness is a gift. Jesus came to the earth to make this gift available to us. He died on the cross so that God can be just and justify the sinner. So you don't get punished for what you've done. Jesus purchased his own righteousness, purchased righteousness with his own life. And he had never sinned. He was God himself and gave us the gift of righteousness. And all you have to do is receive it. The Bible says those that receive. Is that not what we read? Those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness. 
You know what we do? We're always wanting to do something so we feel like we deserve to receive this. Now, like Timpy said last Sunday, get over it. You, may, you will never deserve it. Just get over it. You will never be worthy. We're always wanting to do something. So I'm now, I buy you a car, brand new car. You have no car, and I, I give it as to you as a gift. And I said, you can have it. And instantly in our minds, they're thinking, okay, what can I do uh, for you now? How many there? <laughs> what can I do so that I feel like it's okay that I can have this? Oh, next week, I'm going to come back and I'm going to do this. I don't need you to give me anything. Just take it, receive it. That's what we do with God. We're always trying to negotiate with him. As to, well, let me do this for you, God, so that I can feel like I deserve this. You will never deserve it. You will never. You will never be worthy. This word, I am unworthy. Yes, you are. You are unworthy. All of us are unworthy. God did this because of his love for us and because of his grace. You can never get to the place where you are worthy. So accept it. You are unworthy. I am unworthy. I want that righteousness that makes me worthy. Amen. Just receive it. Just receive it. Because Jesus purchased it for us. Is that that difficult? If I bring a Bible to you and it's about, you know, please receive this Bible. And then you go on your knees and say, please help me receive the Bible. Please, oh brother, please brother, let me receive the Bible. What can I do to receive the Bible? And I'm doing this all along with you. I said, are you crazy? Can't you just get it? Take it from me. That's all I'm asking you. Is that difficult to receive? But we want to do something. This morning, I'm asking you to just receive and give honor to him. Don't try to add anything to it. You know, God warned them in his, when they made sacrifices in the Old Testament. He said, I don't want you to put fire, right? Put the, put the animal on the altar and I'll supply the fire. Somebody brought fire to help God. Guess what happened to him? He got roasted. You don't add anything to it. Amen? All you have to do is receive it. Amen? All eyes closed. Just bow your, bow your head this morning. If you're here this morning and uh, you want to receive that righteousness of God, all you have to do is let me know, let God know by you just raising your hand up. At the count of three, just say, I'm willing to receive that righteousness. And God will deliver it to you. One, two, three. I see your hand up. Thank you so much. Thank you. I see that hand. I see that hand too. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. God, I have heard you. God saw your hand. Let's all pray this prayer together. Okay, let's pray this prayer together. Say with me, Lord Jesus, I come to you today with thanksgiving for all that you've done for me. For dying on the cross for my sins. Heavenly Father, thank you. Today, I receive Jesus Christ into my life. He is the righteousness of God. I receive my salvation 
In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you pray that prayer, I believe God heard you. And all I need you to do, please let me know. A lot of people don't understand what it means when we ask you to indicate what you've done here by just checking it where it says my decision today. What you're doing is making your confession known to the world that you received Christ. Yes, I'll get it. But you, when you check it out here, it's a testimony to the, to the Lord. Remember what the scripture says? They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and what? By the word of their testimony. Their testimony is written for us. You can write your testimony here, amen? By just checking that out. I did that today. If I were you, I would make a copy. Anytime Satan comes and says, I don't think you are a child of God, I'll go back and say, you see this card? You see this card? Notice it's checked out there. I am a child of God. If you do that, you only have probably have to do it once. He won't bother you a second time. He knows to stay away from this fellow. Amen? Amen. Please check it. Just check what your decision was this morning and put it in the offering envelope. I mean, uh, offering bucket as he goes by. We're going to be receiving our offering right now.